Good morning. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Leslie Goodell. I am the Director of Youth Ministries here at First Dunedin. I've been a member of this church for almost 34 years. And in fact, my husband, Michael, and I got married in the sanctuary almost 35 years ago. We raised four amazing sons in this church, and several of them are still active today. And um, it's been 29 years of youth ministry in this church. Seems crazy. Seems crazy. I think I must have been a baby when I started. <laughs> uh, but my passion for working with youth has not dimmed, and I feel so blessed. So today was our last day of Youth Week, as you have heard. Um, we had a blast. Um, on Thursday, we had 20 come to, that, to the scavenger hunt, um, building beds for children in need. We had 10. And then last night, we had our cosmic bowling and lock-in, which we had 40. 4-0. 40, 40. Yeah. But I wasn't going to give my disclaimer this year, but I have to now because I got zero hours of sleep. Uh, first year that some of them decided to stay up all night. And uh, they don't walk very quietly or know how to shut doors quietly. So um, I did not get any sleep. So please bear with me today. I may stumble across a few words, and, but um, I'm going to try my best. Uh, so you've already heard some stories about our trail hike. And I want to tell you one of my trail stories and kind of get it out of the way because it's a little emotional for me. So, um, so night zero. That's what we call the night that we camp out in the wilderness before our first full day of hiking slash backpacking. Well, we got to our campsite and started setting up camp only to realize that the did not have the tent poles for our main tent. Well, I was uh, planning on sleeping in a two-man tent by myself, so needless to say, I had company that night. Um, the girls, I was in an all-girl hiking group. The girls got creative and took their rain fly and their ground tarp and added on to the staff's tarping, which is AKA sleeping under an open tarp. And it all worked out, um, except for I didn't realize I was going to be sleeping with a possessed person that night. Um, but that's a whole other story. If you want to hear that, please just come to me and I'll, it's pretty funny. Pretty funny story. Uh, so the next day, uh, we packed up and headed out on our beautiful adventure. This year was a hot one. I mean, probably the hottest I've ever hiked, and I've been doing summer hikes for over 15 years. Needless to say, it was hard to drink enough water to accommodate how much we were sweating, and several of us got dehydrated. Not something you want to happen when you're backpacking and when water is at a premium. Well, near the end of the day, I started getting a little lightheaded, so I had to rest a little more often than normal. But when we got to our last stop, I was starting to feel better, and I wanted to keep going. I felt like I was holding up the group, so I asked the leader, can I continue on? I knew where our campsite was that night. So she gave me the walkie-talkie, and I headed on. When I turned the corner right before our campsite, I saw a couple staff from Wilderness Trail standing at the, at the campsite head. 
And I knew we were getting support the next morning, meaning the resupply of our food and other things that we need. But I thought it was kind of strange that they were there in the evening. So I said, hey, what are you guys doing here? And the mood changed real quick. Abby said, it's not good. Then she said, your husband, and paused. A pause that seemed like a lifetime. Did something happen to Michael? Like, is he okay? My imagine took me on the most horrific journey during that pause moment. Then Abby proceeded to tell me that my husband's father had passed away that morning. I fell to my knees and I wept. I loved Joe like he was my father. He was the best father and I was so lucky to have him in my life. Although Joe had been um, sick for a few years and had some medical issues, we did not see that coming. Since cell phone service is pretty much non-existence in the mountains, Abby brought me back to the property so I could call my husband, Michael, and have some time to mourn with him over the phone. Boy, was it hard being away from him at this time. I felt so helpless, but my loving sons circled around their dad and took care of him for me. It was awesome. I was so grateful. But then I had a decision to make. Stay at the property that night or hike back up to my hiking group in the dark. I chose the latter. I wanted to be with uh, people that I loved and people that loved me and my nieces were in my hiking group. So when I got there, the girls were surprised because they didn't really expect me to come back in the, in the dark. And they were so excited and I made the right choice. The girls had already set up my tent because they were planning on sleeping on it, in it since they had no tent poles. But when I was back at the property, I had looked in the van that dropped us off at night zero. Lo and behold, there were the tent poles. So I brought them back with me and the girls were able to set up their tent for the first night. I slept alone in my little tent by myself that night and had some great time just thinking, praying, and remembering the precious memories of my amazing father-in-law. Well, that night we had a horrific storm, one that brought ground shaking thunder, lightning that felt like it was hitting right around us, and torrential rain that caused a three to four inch river to flow through my tent. The girls may or may not have rolled my ground tarp the wrong way, but who knows if that would have even helped. I woke up in my little tent in a soaking wet sleeping bag. It was miserable. All I could think of is why? Why did I choose to come back? I could have been sleeping in a dry lodge. Needless to say, I woke up on the wrong side of that soaking wet sleeping bag with a river running under it. But God knew I couldn't take much more. As soon as we stepped out of our tents, the rain stopped. It was crazy. The sun began to shine through the trees as we packed up our stuff and headed down to support. I was still feeling sad, still feeling mad about my wet sleeping bag, <laughs> hurting physically because I have Achilles tendonitis, 
and just discouraged. I was thinking about telling the staff that I didn't want to go on. Um, while we were waiting to distribute food down at support, I decided to take a little walk, try to get my mind right. I prayed and cried and prayed some more. And then all of a sudden, I had this overwhelming sense of peace that came over me. I could feel the presence of my father-in-law with me, and I knew at that moment I could, I could hike on. When someone you love passes, it makes you think about life. Those we love, the people that love us, the meaningful moments of life. I had just read a quote from a book called Living Artfully, Create the Life You Imagine, that said, time will pass, sorrow will fade, but precious memories will always remain. That is so true. Well, I literally just got back Tuesday of this week from vacation slash celebration of life for Grandpa Joe or Gramps, as most of us endearingly called him. It was a beautiful celebration of remembering and honoring such a great man. We were in the perfect place for it on the shores of Lake Huron at our property with cabins that Joe's dad had built. Before I had left for vacation, a friend of mine had posted on Facebook about someone who passed away at the age of 52 in a scuba diving accident. He wrote in his post, as, as cliche as it may sound, do not take this time on earth lightly and please don't work to live. Find the moments and treasure them. He also shared about a book that his wife had given him for his birthday called The Precious Present by Spencer Johnson. I bought the book and brought it with me up north. It's a very quick read and I read it with a cup of coffee sitting on the deck of our cabin. It was exactly what I needed. A reminder of the precious present. How often do we hurry through our day trying to get everything checked off our to-do list? Get the laundry done, get the grocery shopping done, get that project done for work, etc. As we brush off the people around us because we're just too busy or just too stressed out. This reminds me of the story of Martha and Mary. Let's read it again. The Lord and his disciples were traveling along and came to a village. When they got there, a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who sat down in front of her and was listening to what he said. Martha was worried about all that had to be done. Finally, she went to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it bother you that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to come and help me. The Lord answered, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about so many things, but only one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen what is best and it will not be taken from her. The problem with Martha is not that she was busy serving and providing hospitality. Certainly Jesus commends this type of service to a neighbor. The problem with Martha is not her serving, but rather that she was worried and distracted. Martha's distraction and worry left no room for the most important aspect of hospitality, gracious attention to the guest. 
In fact, she breaks all the rules of hospitality, trying to embarrass her sister in front of her guest and asking her guest to intervene on a family dispute. She even goes to far, as far to accuse Jesus of not caring about her. Martha's worry and distraction prevent her from being truly present with Jesus. And it caused a wedge between her sister and herself and between Jesus and herself. She has missed out on the one thing needed for true hospitality. There is no greater hospitality than listening to your guest. How much more so when your guest is Jesus? So Jesus says that Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. The important thing was connection. Connection with another person, listening, cherishing the moment, making precious memories. So how do we do that? How do we stop getting so distracted by our to-do list and worrying about the things that we have on our plate? How do we appreciate those special moments, make those memories that will last a lifetime? Here are a few lines from the book that I mentioned earlier, The Precious Present. When I feel guilty over my past or I'm anxious over my future, I do not live in the present. Then I experience pain. I make myself ill. I am unhappy. My past was the present and my future will be the present. The present moment is the only reality I ever experience. Some good stuff in there. I'm going to read it one more time. When I feel guilty over my past or I'm anxious over my future, I do not live in the present. Then I experience pain. I make myself ill. I am unhappy. My past was the present. My future will be the present. The present moment is the only reality I will ever experience. We need to get out of this vicious circle of busyness and guilt and start living the life that God intended for us to live. A life appreciating the beauty around us, God's creation, whether that's in a breathtaking sunset that's literally in our backyards, or the smiles of children and youth, or the stories that our grandfather tells us. So let's experience a beautiful, colorful, artful life. As many of you know, I'm an artist. In fact, uh, a lot of the paintings in this room were done by me and my very talented daughter-in-law. Although I really have not been painting or creating art in a long time, busyness, depression, and life have gotten in the way of me expressing myself through art. But I need to start living artfully. Living artfully doesn't mean that you have to be a renowned artist. Living artfully is expressing yourself through the moments that you create. Living artfully reminds us to explore and experience life with more heart, meaning, purpose, and joy. It asks us to imagine, to dream big, to believe in ourselves, to celebrate the people in our lives, to make each day count, to dance when the spirit moves you, to laugh out loud, and to let our voices be heard. So I challenge you today. I challenge you this week, this year. I have some bullet points here on how we can live artfully. The first is 
connect with another person. I mean, really connect. Look them in the eye when they're talking to you. Really listen. Put down your phones. Stop being distracted. Connect. Create moments that matter. Every moment is an opportunity to live fully, openly, and with heart. See the beauty in everything. When you focus on what is right, what is lovely, what is beautiful, you are inviting Jesus in and living artfully. Play. Play more. Smile more. Laugh more. Play rejuvenates us. It revitalizes us. And live life passionately. Embrace each day as if it were your last. Live consciously and enthusiastically with your focus on what you can bring to the moment. Life is precious. Each heartbeat is a gift. Allow care, compassion, empathy, understanding, forgiveness, generosity, and kindness to guide your decisions, actions, and your life. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your unending, unfathomable love for us all. Help us to live our lives with passion, love, and kindness. We do know that our time here on earth is short, and we need to make the best of it. Help us remember to make memories that will last a lifetime and beyond. And let us remember to accept the precious present that is given to us every day. Don't let us get stuck in the past or worry so much about the future that we forget to live in the precious present. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.